You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. We are here and I have Steve and Vicky back I'm here. Today. Yeah, I'm here. Vicky's yeah. back. Yep. It's been a little bit of a... One of us is here, one of us not here. Yeah, it's last, been a hit and miss kind of season. Yeah, she's yeah. a little bit of a flake. <laughs> Steve's been here more often than yeah. I. Though the one week with Pam, he was yeah. not here. Well, but I was kicked out. <laughs> I, I didn't decide well, there is not to that. be here. I was kicked out. I was kicked, kicked to, the to the curb. curb. There yeah. you go, and you're going to say that. But uh, we are... Having fun on this season. We've only got a few episodes left on this little message point thing. Are they canceling us? (laughs) 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 Who would they be? It's Apple again. (laughs) We're like like in charge of our own destiny here. I thought maybe this was it. No, but who are they? We are. We've covered, this will be our eighth message point today. This is great. This is a good one. Are you sure this week? I'm pretty sure this week. 99. 99. Just in case I'm. Well, last something. week he wasn't. Last week I was like, I think it's seven, but I wasn't thinking. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Yeah. But, I doubt it. Um, but uh, we are also about a week away from our uh, kids' mud run. Yeah, it's great. And Vicky was out working hard today. I was. I was working hard. Um, my job on the mud run is to get me away from physical labor. Which, so they, I'm, I'm the salesperson. Her job is to get everybody talking to her so they, <laughs> they don't, don't get have any to work. work done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more of a social liaison. A social butterfly. So I go to the, I got to the 91 Acres and just chat with, see how everybody's taking the mm-hmm. pulse of everyone and love on them. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my, I really... I, why I'm not there is because I'm I'm in charge of sponsoring and sure. advertising. So every pretty much all the um, out there raising money banners you see probably have come from. I don't want it. Your department. My your department. My department. Your department. Your team. Your team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so we, we were looking for. We, I think we. Uh, I think we said this again, but it's it's a really a fascinating number to me. We started with six mud runs. We've done six. This is our seventh, and it's been seven years. And we started with 185 kids running in a um, mud run obstacle course. 185 kids seven years ago. This year will be over 3,000, mm. which is unbelievable numbers, exponential growth. So we're really grateful. And the reason we do is we just want to make our love look like something. And what we're talking about is giving your life away. And we just want um, people to know Jesus. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see crowds gather yeah. to get muddy, but also hear good news. Good news. They're they're always they're always hearing about Jesus the whole yeah. time. So, uh, we are going to talk about giving your life away today, which is which apropos. I was today. Yeah, yeah, with a sharpie. Yeah, That's giving your life day. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you need to listen to this one. I should listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll get this one. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna read a little passage from First Peter chapter four. I like the way you say Peter. Yes. Yeah, said better than Peter. Yeah. Right? Uh, people think yeah. I say pizza sometimes, but... It's okay. Yeah, well, I don't English. That's okay. Yeah. Peter. But this is uh, Peter speaking. He says this... Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, Peter, where? 410. Four ten. Thank you. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving wow. one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
Whoever speaks is to do so as to one speaking the utterances of God, and whoever serves is to do That's so really as good. one ser- who is serving by the strength of God, by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 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 So, I mean, with this one, it's, I, I love the dichotomy, and you can say what you want to say, but I just love the dichotomy of you saying, you know, that from the one who speaks, right, who often we see that as the kind of top of the totem pole, the, the, the preacher, speaker, yes, but then, to, then to the one who serves being maybe the person that's, I don't know, saying, you know, the welcome person on the door, letting people in, wherever you are, wherever God's placed you to do it for him, but. So, Peter is making this, you know, he's making this uh, instruction to people years and years later. Yeah. How many years, you know? After walking with Jesus. No, I actually don't know when Peter was written. Okay. But it is uh, at a time when he's ministering to Gentiles, so it is later in his life. He he ended up in Rome and out there amongst the Gentiles uh, when Paul had the whole the experience of the Holy Spirit be given to Gentiles. So he's explaining that that the service of one another is the demonstration of Jesus. Hmm. It's being Jesus. You know, Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and the servant of all. He came, the Son of Man has come to serve, you know, um, and to save, to serve and to save. And Peter is explaining that our service is the glorification of Jesus Christ. It's, it is th- that God would be glorified because Jesus was a servant and Jesus' followers are a servant in obedience to God the Father. Wow. And Jesus said, no greater love has any man than that he lay down his life for his brother. And one who would be great amongst you must learn to be the servant of all. Must He who serves is the great one who is great, not he who is served. Mm. And it, I mean, there's just so many absolute statements from Jesus about anybody who seeks to gain their own life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake, in other words, lays down his life for my sake, will gain it. And I think it's that these verses are just so clear that giving your life away is the only way that a person can truly follow Jesus. It's to give your life away is what he did he went deserved no punishment deserved nobody's anger mm-hmm. he didn't know, he, he didn't deserve to have enemies and yet he had them all and if we're going to follow him which he says follow me uh, we are going to have to imitate him that's mm-hmm. what follow means imitate and if we're going to imitate that means laying our life down when he says this i command you that you love one another as i have loved you that is, imitate my love, and how I loved you is I, laid, I gave my life for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Good. And then it's so Love that all men, good. verse 17 of that verse is John three sixteen and 17, is it's that the whole world would be saved. Yeah. And this is how God's rever- almost like reverse psychology works. It's by giving up your life that you gain your life. It's by laying down your life that people find life. The glory of God in this world is not that the Christian church can stand up and beat its chest and say, we know the truth. It's that we lay down our lives instead of trying to promote our lives. And then God promotes us. Mm -hmm. God 
God shows himself to be great through us. It's that we are the least and we are the most. And we're only the most if God shines through us. Mm. If the world sees that God is good because they met me, then that is the most I can hope to accomplish, that people recognize the goodness of God by looking at me. But they're not going to do that by me standing up and wearing a, a big hat and big jewels and big robes and sitting on large thrones and, and making people bow to me and kiss my ring. Mm. They're only going to see that in me laying down my life. It's kind of the opposite attraction. It's, it's reverse psychology again. It's, it's honestly, by laying down our life, we make God Upside to be great. Mm-hmm. We make God to look good. Yeah. And this is kind of what, what he's saying. Do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. You know, serve believing that God supplies, spend, use up your resources, knowing that God supplies and he has plenty. And if you trust that God supplies, you have no problem spending. You have no problem giving if you believe that God supplies. But if you don't believe that God supplies or you don't believe that God loves you, it's hard to give up what you have. You, you stay back behind the rock. You stay. You protect yourself. You build your own enclave. You you build your own fortress because you're going to have to trust your own mighty right hand to save you. But if you believe that God is saving you and that God protects you, that God looks out for you, and that only God's will is going to happen in your life because you trust in him, then you're able to expose yourself. You're able to say, no, no harm will befall me except which the Lord wills. And you're able to go out there and risk because you know that you are honoring him. You are demonstrating his love, living his life. And it's this, you know, Jesus Christ laid down his life. And he said, because he lays down his life, the father will glorify him. It's the same promise you and I have. If we lay down our life for the, for the name and the sake of Jesus and the kingdom of God, he will glorify us. He will prosper us our souls will prosper our, our we will prosper in health we will prosper in, in even in finance it even works in finance we will see the glory of god in our life i think it's interesting that vicky and i live as well as we do and have nothing we, we're constantly teetering and tottering on you know being having zero and yet we never live as though we have zero because we know that god supplies and we, we believe in him and we live as though he is our provider. That's really good. And so I have no problem giving to someone who asks because I know God gave to them. Mm. He just And I got to be the one he used to give. So good. That makes sense? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's giving your life away. And um, I, think, I think somewhere along the last 50 years, we at the church have not taken this seriously. I think we're. It's, I think Christianity can be a spectator sport. Mm. You know, you just go and you spectate. You, you listen to the pastor and on Sundays, and you go home, and that's your. You know, you wash your hands, you're done, or you tithe, and you. You know, that's that's and that's great. Mm. But the liberality of giving your life away um, is. I think it's all. You know, that's what that's what the new covenant is all. And I think it's not only money, but it's time and energy. Mm. <clears throat> you know, right now, you know, people come to the Father's house and. I mean, the truth is that we we work. I mean, that it, we it's it's but it's not really work. It's it's 
it's we want our love to look like something to the community. Why do we why do we put a kid's mud run on there? You know, I w- would rather not. I mean, you know, uh, but to get these yeah. kids out to show them that Jesus loves them and they you know they're exceptional and that we want to make something exceptional. And this is what the Lord has showed us. I mean, every church has different visions and passions, but lot most of them have service organizations or service uh, ministries, and it's like they are begging for volunteers. Yeah begging for volunteers um, in most of the churches I've been in. And it's like the, the, the um, is it called endorphins you get? The, uh, the, the incredible love and high you get from giving your life away. Mm-hmm. And having, the, like Steve was saying, having the Lord use you as one of his, his favorite tool, you know, out of yeah. his tool belt. It's just cool. Like, I just am, I'm always um, enjoying these big things we do because the faces of the people um, and we're representing Jesus, yeah. and and Jesus says, you know, go out and do these things. Do the, you know, He says, feed the feed and clothe, and and this is what the Lord's told us to do: is put on lights of hope at Christmas and make, make celebrate His birthday and show people about Jesus. Yeah. And you know, we just really feel strongly that at the Father's house, we want our love to look like something. I was reading in Second Corinthians uh, this week, and it's it's it, it, sometimes we just talk about money. But I think we really miss the point. Mm-hmm. I think it's everything. So yeah. it says, um, Corinthians is Paul, right? He says, now I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Mm-hmm. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do what, as he proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use that for money. But the truth is, is like, what's your attitude when you're giving your life away? Yeah. You know, I mean, if it, it, you're just doing it because you it's, you check in the box, I'm not sure it's the best thing. But um, giving your life away is a really important premise in the New Testament, and it's a really important premise for the Father's house. That's really good. So thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think has changed then over the last fifty years or so to make to to bring that shift? That well, I think it's selfishness. Uh, completely self-centered selfishness of the church and I you know I'm like when I say that again it's it's me and Steve it's we all battle with our flesh you know nothing nothing's new under the sun but it's just we become you know so conscious of our um, our safety and our um, comfort um, and you know it's kind of become a dark world now too it's kind of, you know there's lots of stuff going on um, and it's just a me generation the you know, we're coming from the World War II generation. Mm-hmm. Steve and I were that we're right after them, and those people were heroes. You know, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 17-year-old young men went over to fight the World Wars with you know people of your mm-hmm. country, <clears throat> and they gave their life away. No greater, no mm-hmm. greater love. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we come from that, and then then we went right into the um, me generation, the um, make love not war mm-hmm. generation, which I think is really probably where. The self-centered selfishness permeated everything, and I think the culture has permeated the church, not the church uh, permeated the culture. Hmm. At I that think, time, I think the my kids make sure my kids have more than I have. Correct, mm-hmm. because Took we didn't. Over. And our my mom, we did. I had I had way more. My mom came out of the depression, and his parents came out of the depression. So you know, there's a judgment vow that I want to give my kid more, and I was I was spoiled. But I think of the culture every every uh, generation or every what's it every ten years decade. Mm-hmm. It seems like we would be since my, I've been alive six decades. Um, it's just become more and more self-centered. You know, the abortion was um, okayed in '73. 
and the church, uh, prayer was taken out of school in, in what, uh, 62. 60, 62. Oh. And every, you know, every decade there's a pivotal thing that happens. Um, and just the cultural thing now that's just causing, you know, pronouns to be extinct. And um, just this, it's just, there's just this darkness is not undercover anymore. And I think the church is buying into the darkness and the, the lies of what Satan is. And I think we need to, these, I feel like what's going on now with, is the Lord is waking up the church and saying, look, look at what we've allowed to happen yeah. because we haven't been selfless and give our life away. That's good. And I think on top of that, the answer to your question, mm -hmm. how the church can become this way, the church decided to become like the world instead yeah. of de demanding that the world become like the church. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to take a stand. The the message, you know, John, First yeah. John 3.16, kind of weird, it's 3.16, mm -hmm. John, but it's 1 John. Oh, yes. says, got it, got it, got yes. it. Got it. We know love by this that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is love. This is what love is. <laughs> and in this world today, it's way more about how God blesses me mm. good. The than it is that. and how he wants to use me to bless you. So if you had a 150 member church and 150 people got this, that my goal in life to understand the love of God, Jesus came to bless all of us. And he demands, I mean, it's it love demands that Action. I want to bless 149 people in my church. Mm -hmm. And if 150 people all had the same heart to bless 149 people in their church, then every person in the church would be served by 149 people. Mm -hmm. And it'd be 149 to one. When 150 people, all of them, are looking to what's in it for me, then there's one person serving each person <coughs> themselves. Wow. And they're all fighting over, and pretty soon you don't have any love in the church. Mm. You have this division, and you have churches splitting and splitting by divided ideas. And, you know, it's, it's kind of an embarrassment the church has to the world. Like, they want to know what's different. You guys are no different than anyone else. So bad. But in this verse, John, 1 John 3, 16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. This is how we know we're, that love exists. And if we want to show love, we have to lay down our life for each other. Wow. And Jesus said this, I command you, that you'll love one another as I have loved you. And it's the only commandment that he gave Christians. Yeah. Peter course and each of the apostles in their letters each of the disciples in their letter all of paul's letters they all commend us for our love for one another and our faith in the one he sent our faith in jesus christ and so there's really only two things to do here have faith in jesus christ and love one another how do we love one another by laying our lives down sacrificing sharing the Book of Acts Church that I so desperately would love to see in America yeah. is they sold their possessions mm -hmm. so that they would have and be able to supply That's those tricky. that had not. Yeah. That's just a foreign concept right. today. All it's like, you know, you pull yourself up by the bootstrap. And then, and then the hierarchy of the Christian church in America says that wealth is the demonstration of a blessed life. There is no place, there is no way... For the New Testament, the New Covenant, Jesus dying on a cross, being the love of God to say that wealth is the demonstration of a blessed life. The demonstration of a blessed life is faith in a way that you trust God. Like he says, give to any man that asks, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, give your coat also. 
nobody's going to obey those. No one's going to, no one's going to practice those principles of salvation or, or sanctification or Christian life. No one's going to practice those principles. If you don't have faith that God will take care of me. Mostly we want to talk about how he'll, he'll extravagantly bless me. Mm. Well, that statement is true as long as what your definition of extravagantly blessed is that he will meet your need Mm. you can go give and know that he will take care of you and then when you see him take care of you he extravagantly met your need yeah i mean it's like it's amazing he will bless me and he will but he blesses based on actions you take that are based on faith and an understanding of who he is that he will take care of you He is your father, and he will give good things to you if you ask. And he will give the Holy Spirit if you seek him. And and this, so he gives this to me and then says that I must imitate him. I must give these things to you. I must be willing to turn the other cheek for you, go the extra mile for you. He went all those things for me. I was his enemy, and he loved me. Mm. I was yet a sinner, and he died for me. I was destined to fail miserably at the beginning of my adult life, but he didn't hold back the cross or say it's for everyone but that guy. No, he did it for me too. And then he says, imitate me. Do it for those who aren't good. Do it for those who don't like you. Give your life away. Give your life away. You know, in 2 Corinthians, as I read farther down, and he's talking about the liberality of giving and giving your life and generously and God loves a yeah. cheerful giver, right? It says, because of this proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience mm. to your to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of, of your contribution to them all. Mm. So, you know, the first church, the ex-church, they, they got this. You know, like you said, they brought all their stuff together. Mm. Um, I think at the Father's House, we see, we see a lot of this. You know, we're not by any means an ex-church, but we do... Uh, help people get you know we we put things together mm-hmm. we help people we work together we try to give our life away we try to serve the community we try to serve each other and we do it with love and because you want to do you know if you just do it like I said to check the box give your life away I don't, I don't, I'm not sure the motive of your heart I think is important you know maybe you fake it till you make it I don't know some of us here have faked it till we made it you know we just do it because it's the right thing the right thing yeah. right and then all of a sudden you get the you get you get the revelation that Jesus gave. I mean, Jesus gave it all while I was yet a sinner, like Steve said. And it's like, I'm so grateful to be used again by him to see one person come to Jesus. If if I get to heaven and, and I've led one person out of hell into heaven because maybe I did a mud run or maybe I did a food bank or mm-hmm. maybe I did Lights of Hope, you know, that's phenomenal to me. And it's worth it. And I just... I just, you know, they will know us by our love, by our love. Is that, that is that, I know it's a Catholic song, but is that a, if that's in there, they will know uh, us by our love, yeah, right? First yeah, first John. Yeah. So, I mean, that wouldn't that be cool if everybody listening to this podcast would get this, that they, to give your life away, just start with little things, you know. Yeah. Um, you, you know, when we started the Father's House 25 years ago, we just started sweeping glass in the street so kids wouldn't cut their feet. You know, now it's it's become quite a quite a big ordeal at the Father. You know, there's a lot we have lots going on, but it's just don't despise small beginnings mm-hmm. of giving your life away. 
and start and start with just tithing. You know, I think that's an old covenant principle. Start with ten percent, but at least start somewhere, and then keep graduating up a little bit more and challenging yourself yeah. with giving your life away. I think if every person helped their church in some need um, that they, that they're because I think most churches are trying to do things in the community somehow. You know, even if it's just daycare or, or you know or kids or the Sunday school or youth group. Yeah. It's it's that's an act of giving your life away. Yeah, that's really good. I it is. I, I, okay. I think that love is so mystifying today. Mm-hmm. You mean like it, like it's uh, too it's ambiguous? This, well, love is ter- is defined falsely, defined falsely terribly. Defined. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I love my dog. I love yeah. my grass. Yeah. And yet, what it means in the it's Bible actually, isn't that at all. No. It really is laying your life down. Mm-hmm. Love when. John the Apostle says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone Everyone. that loves is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. We do not, if you do not love, you do not know God. And the love he's talking about is let us love one another. And that love is not a feeling or a a word we say that equals how I feel about my dog, my grass, my my house, my, you know, Mm -hmm. my town, my whatever. It is that God is love and God lays down his life. And God's love is demonstrated in this, that for this is the love of the Father that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And this is how we know he loves us. He he laid down his life for us. And then when he says, you must love one another or the love of God is not in you, that means he laid his life down for you. Shouldn't you ought to have laid your life down for others? As I have loved you. He has forgiven you. Shouldn't you forgive others? Yes. As I have loved you, yes. shouldn't you love one another? Yes. And it's it's this I command you that you love one another as I have loved you. He commanded you. you, and love is to lay down your life for someone else. And we, like you said, we've mystified it so much. We've, de- de- we've dethroned it, basically. Yep. And verse 10 of John 4 says this, In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Meaning he sent his son to take on our sins and to wipe them out. And so this is, we cover the sins of others with ours. If we want to imitate him and we want to say, we are love also. We are, we are the love, the Christians, Christians are the ones who love. Mm -hmm. Then Christians have to be the ones who lay down their life the way he laid down his life. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. This is even the condition. So if laying our life down and giving our life away is the condition of us saying we love, then the condition of us, God abiding in us, is love. Mm. It just said that. And so this is what, this is the very essence of giving your life away. It's not just a cute term. It's not just a, I'm going to go out and serve in a soup kitchen. It's no, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, my favorite shows. Like, you know, all churches, when we first met Jesus had when midweek services, most of them had two services on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that left was two services on Sunday because people just didn't want to give that much of their life to the gathering place of the church. And over the next few decades, the midweek service left and and people just want to reduce and instead of the two and three hour service it's down to where you can't even fill a church if you don't get it down to under an hour and a half it's so hard because people just don't want to give there it's 
I want to receive. I don't want to give. Mm. I want the abundant blessing. I don't want to be the abundant blessing. Mm. I don't want to be the one that goes and blesses others who have less. I want to, and even if I have a lot, I still want to be blessed and have more. Yeah. And it's it's this is the mindset that is drawing us on, that, that suckers us in to a selfish communication. Here at the Father's house, when the Lord gave us give your life away as one of our main tenants of this church, it was like, oh my gosh, what? It was the answer to the question. When he told me selfishness is the problem with my city, I said, how can a selfish man like me ever do anything about selfishness in my city? He said, just function in the opposite spirit. He said, come in the opposite spirit. Function in selflessness. And I'm like, whoa. And then give your life away. Oh, there's not too many people doing that anymore. <laughs> no. You know? And I think that we have been proud of the fact that we haven't given our life away. That we, our lives are enhanced by being Christians, not reduced. And I think that, you know, if I were to invite you to come to Oroville, I'd want to sell you on a city like New York. I'd want to tell you the attributes of, a, of London and tell you that exists here in Oroville and maybe sucker you in here. <laughs> but Oroville ain't nothing like London. Nope. Not and so much. People who drive so into this, I remember Max, uh, who started this podcast, mm -hmm. drove into Oroville. He was coming in slow, showing his wife and his kids, you know, and they're, they're talking about it. They'd seen it once before, but they didn't quite remember it as bad as the, 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 the road they were coming in. And a guy goes riding by on a bicycle with no tires and making all this. Just the this, ribs. Yeah. Just the ribs making all this noise. And he was like, oh, honey, we aren't in Kansas anymore, no. man. We, where have we come? No. So, I mean, I have to tell you, you, you want a place where, un, where selfishness needs to be destroyed. defeated by being selfless well this is the perfect place i'm sure it exists in london too but this is the perfect place Not where we, hang out. we have no problem finding selfish behavior here to come in the opposite spirit for and we have no problem recognizing how selfish we are to know that we must lay our life down and continually remind ourselves no i want to lay my life down for the gospel i want to lay my life down for the cross and what how would i do that Give. By loving the least of these, my brethren. Give. He says, I saw him hungry, and I fed him. I saw him thirsty, and I gave him something to drink. I mean, this is so important that when we look out there and see the least of these. And let me just tell you, the homeless problem, There's some. We none of us are, have the least of these hiding from us anymore. They're in front of us all the time. And I see the least of these everywhere around me. You can't even walk out the door here without seeing the least of these Described, I'm not calling them the least. They're the least of these in their in the in the description of the world. Mm -hmm. That's how this is how the world sells them, is as the least of these, and and it is what Jesus meant. And and I have no uh, lack of opportunity to lay my life down for other people who I would consider to be less than. You know, sure. and if I if that's how I thought of people, it's so easy to look around and do that. And yet this is the call of God as do so unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done so unto me. And I think about the difference between me and Jesus. I mean, um, the angels in him are talking and they look over at me. They don't fail to understand that I'm the least of these compared to them. Absolutely. And yet he died for me. And this is how he showed his love for me. And then he says, I must do that to the least of these that I see.
Give your life away. Give your life away. As you were speaking, I, I was just thinking about fear, sort of fear, and how much, like, people, mo- the, the, one, and selfishness, I think, is, is obviously one of the big manifestations. I think one of the other things that holds people back from giving their life away is, is fear that says, if I give my time, if I give my money, if I give my da-da-da, then there won't be enough for me. Right? It's selfishness. Won't be enough yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's that fear, what if, I, what if I go without, or what if my child goes without, or what right. if... I what if I take this risk and then it, God doesn't come through for me and you know I've made there's all this fear that I think that really, is the failure yeah. of believing in Him right you no longer believe that He's the provider yeah. you no longer believe that He's your Lord That's your right. Father your Master he, that he even cares about you yeah. you that He's mindful of you so you don't believe any of the things He says about you so you don't believe Him wow. and that's where the Church of Jesus Christ has lost all its power. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power from on high. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the, the, the symptom of that, the, the, the disease of that, is that we stop believing in him. Yeah. We start believing in me and my mighty right arm. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a really good, it's a good point, though. The fear, there's, I think Christians are consumed with fear. Mm-hmm. And fear is a lack of uh, belief, like Steve said. It, you know, it's, it's you don't believe that he is who he says he mm-hmm. is. So you might have believed on the day you got saved, and you, you know the and and the, and let's be honest, the world is just it's close. It feels like it's yeah. closing in, you know, all the different cultural things that are going on, and all the anger and angst in all the countries, you know, people just feeling like you know I have to protect, I have to lock it down, mm-hmm. I have to take mine and run with it. But it's it's where people will see it was it gets darker is as you give your life away. Yeah. But that's where they'll see Jesus. Why are you doing this? Well, because you know Jesus loves you, yeah. and my and His love says it looks like something. And I think as the world gets darker, more and more people are going to come to Jesus if the church gets lighter and lighter. Because we're, what are they going to be drawn to if everything's dark? You know, even the darkness, like the um, satanic area of of life now, is really being emboldened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's out there. It's not. It's not ubiquitous, and it's not undercover anymore. It's out there. So through p- the pandemic and everything, all the fear, you know, the mm-hmm. Christian's fear was just exposed. People were so afraid. And it's like, to me, if if I'm going to die of COVID, I'm going to die of COVID. And my name is written in the book of life. And he, he knows that the days, I'm immortal till the day he says mm-hmm. it's over. And then I'm, I can't escape death, death, I don't think. But the fear, people are just rising up in fear. And with fear comes just a hoarding mentality. Yeah. And I think we got to come in the opposite spirit to break that fear that you're talking about. Yeah. And um, there's places in my life that I really can trust the Lord, and there's other places where I, I'm still working on it. Um, believing that he's going to provide for me is one that I know he I, I've seen it for 44 years. I don't really struggle much with that. Um, but there's other places where, you know, yeah. I, I, I struggle. And every day if we just keep walking up the stairway, you know, stairway to heaven, right, not Led Zeppelin, but every day we're on a different stair, and if we just keep rising to the next stair every day, loving the stair you're on, but not staying there for the rest of your life, keep walking practically, and just, uh, what's it called, just uh, causing yourself um, to, uh, what's it called when you you, you, you make yourself do better? Um, you know, like you, one day you do 10 pounds, the next day you do 15 pounds mm-hmm. of weights, you what? You guys don't know. No. I don't know particular. I mean, I know the yeah. point you're making. Is right. So I just pushing keep pushing yourself. yourself yeah. But there's another yeah. word. But anyway, um, these two guys haven't really helped me much. But anyway, um, you know, just keep pushing yourself and pushing, improving yourself okay, over and over again. Okay. Um, thanks, guys. And uh, 
I think giving your life away is a great place to start. That's really starts, good. Don't dread small beginnings. Yeah. I, you know, that, that idea, I think you both touched on, which is what do we, we say we believe in for salvation, but do we believe in for everything else that he promises? I, think so. <laughs> you know, that, I don't think so. That, that's one of the things. One and done. You know. I, I believe that I'm going to go to heaven one day, but do I believe that, like you said, he's going to provide for me tomorrow or he's going to yeah. heal me or he's going to keep me safe or he's going to do this? Or like, do, we, do I believe he really is I all honestly, that he says he is? I don't believe you can believe for him for salvation. That's why I was thinking. Right. But people try to. Right. They, well, yeah. people yeah. live that one way. We live that way, right. Yeah. They just automatically know yeah. my sins are free. They're all under the blood. Yeah. It's like, he yeah, but you don't it. trust him for anything yeah. else. Except for salvation, and like you said. I'm not sure. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get to, I'm not the judge. So, you know. Um, but I wouldn't want to be found. Mm -hmm. I would not want to find my last day stepping into the judgment seat of Christ, uh, having lived that way. Mm -hmm. I'd rather work really hard to get every aspect of my life trusting in him, even, even life and life and death, you know, that's obviously I haven't faced death yet, but I would really, I really want to be able to face it with a total Mm -hmm. trust in him. He has me. I think that's a great point is that we want the salvation because I, I, I asked Jesus in my life at, in 1979, mm-hmm. but I don't read anything else he says about salvation. I don't read anything else mm-hmm. he says about giving your life away or importance of forgiveness or, you know, uh, whatever it is. He, that takes a lot of faith mm-hmm. because as I read the, 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 the Bible in context, reading Jesus's words, I'm not sure that's exactly right, that I could just uh, rest on my salvation because I said a prayer 44 years ago. It's, he also says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? You know, no, no, he forgave me. Okay, but now I live like hell. What does that mean? So for me, um, and we talk about this all the time, is like if I get there and I didn't have to give my life away, and I didn't have to forgive you, and I didn't have to live like a Christian, I still make it. Mm-hmm. But if you're pinning all your hopes on the fact that you said a prayer 44 years ago and he forgave your sins and you're wrong and you, you, meet, you meet the end days, I'm not sure I'd want that yeah. to be the outcome of, my, of, of what I, I read he says. So I'm going to go ahead and give, try to give my life away every day yeah. until he takes me home. And I'm, in the, I'm in the last probably third, mm-hmm. third of my life. You know, probably the last chapters. Of what Acts. you're saying is probably the exact definition of the branch that bore, that bears fruit or doesn't yes, bear fruit. Yes. The, the virgin bridesmaids yes. that has oil, doesn't have yeah. oil. The yes. foundation He's on so the rock specific. or the sand. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many. It's just, so goes, I mean, honestly, I can keep going. For Why does he while. say these things if he doesn't mean them? <laughs> yeah, of just coming. You know, the sheep yeah. and the goats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. which will you be? How Why? Why is stand? all this said if, if I'm, you know. Cover under the blood. All done. Well, who are those people after death that have this determination? You know, who are they? Uh, if it's oh, not if not. it's not me, who are they? Yeah. Talk about churches somebody. and revelations. He's talking to the churches, and yeah. he said he's going to remove their life their lampstand. He's going to write their name out of the book of life. Hmm. Says I won't erase your name if you do these things, but erase if you them. do, I will erase them. It's like holy moly. Yeah, I just can take. Who's he talking to yeah. if it's not us? I want to practically take his words mm-hmm. for what he says. I don't want to try to nuance them. I don't want to try to baby him. And I'm going to read them in context, and I'm going to endeavor every day of my life to, re- to, to do that. And when I've sinned, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Amen. Just before we close, I just want to say one more, switch gears slightly just to say this. I think one of the other reasons people, when it comes to the giving your life away, the side of like service, serving the, the poor or the least and the last, those kind of things, I think another area of, of intimidation is 
will my little effort make a difference we kind of feel like the world's so dark yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know it's too late my you know my little bit of effort isn't going to make a difference well or, the difference is wh- why are you doing it right. what are you trying to make a difference in right. are you really going to change the world no are you going to change the course of the river no one person but you're going to change the course of your right. life that's right but also i like I is it your story or a story you quote uh, the the uh, starfish yeah Oh yeah, the, yeah. the, the starfish story of yeah. all the yeah. all the starfish washed up. Yes. The little boy saw him and said, "We gotta save them." Yeah. The guy says, "No, there's too many," and the kid said, "Well, I saved that one." He threw one in. I saved that one, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, there is too many. There is too much. It's too. It's, but if yeah. everybody saved one or two, but it's more than that. It, mm-hmm. It's you know you're not going to change the right. course of the world system is going the, mm-hmm. the prophecy of the bible is true yeah but you are gonna you are going to demonstrate god's love there are people going to hear it and see it and they're going to come to it it has some you know it has we would have way more effect if we were more the Unified. salt of the earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we were more the light of the world if we were more the bread that came yeah. down from heaven if we demonstrated the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, if we showed the mercy of God and the love and kindness of God, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While they are lost, we died for them. Mm. We laid our life down. We lived for them, laying our life down, living for them. We would win way more, and there'd be way more starfish saved. That's good. I, I, think, I think for me, just a real practical story, it was our, my 50th birthday. Um, and people are thinking, oh, my gosh, she's 50. I can't believe that. <laughs> that but, was a long yes, time yes, ago. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, Steve had a party for me, and we're on my deck. And, um, you know, in the honoring time, people actually said to me, I would be dead without you in, the, mm-hmm. in my life. And they didn't mean, like, you know, spiritually dead. Some of them actually meant they would be dead mm-hmm. because of the addiction or their life. And that was the most significant um, birthday present that in, in my life that, you know, I've, I've had money, a lot of money, I've had a lot of things, I've done a lot of things, I've gone a lot of places, met a lot of people. But if I cause one person to live in the fullness of Christ, I think that's a life well lived. If one person can say, you know, Vicki Orsillo is the reason I love Jesus, and because she showed me with her giving her life away, giving her money away, giving her time away, that I was loved by Jesus, I don't think there's anything else I would want in my life. That at the end of my life, that people would say, because she lived, I, li- I, I know Jesus. That'd be it. I want that. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think we, we've all been challenged to yeah. Yeah. give our lives away without limitation, really, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so the measure you use will be the measure used yep. for you. So thank you again for joining us. We'll be yep. back next time. Have an amazing week. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast@gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.